0: Five,
1: six,
2: five, four, three, two, one, 0. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at one one eight four four triple seven SWAT. That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight, or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask ask at swatradio.com. Doug, how's it going today?
1: Well, it is good. Happy Reformation Day to you. Thank you. Uh, notice that we didn't say happy Halloween. <clears throat> uh, anyway, um, you know, uh, we have holidays throughout the year. Um, I don't know somewhere there's like 10, maybe 12. I don't know if there's one. There may only be 10, you know, everything from like New Year's, Christmas, um, different holidays. And, um, we celebrate these in our country uh, as remembrance of something. Halloween, uh, actually as was, um, was it all tomorrow's All Hallows Eve, isn't it, or is, you know, it, is, all, it, or is it today? All Saints' Day is tomorrow. All, all, all yeah. Saints' days, All Hallows'. So Eve. it's All Hallows' Eve tonight, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you know, whether we celebrate Christmas or whatever, we Reformation Day. None of this is commanded anywhere in Scripture. We just do it. The only things, if you want to get biblical about celebrations, there's three feasts that they were commanded to observe. Um, and, um, you know, Passover and tabernacles and they, they followed those different feasts, uh, throughout the year. And every man had to go, didn't matter what was going on in the year. They had to go there. They could take their family, but they didn't necessarily have to, but it didn't matter if you had a death in your family. It didn't matter if it was crop time, whatever, if your crops came in late, you had to go during those feasts. You were commanded by God to do it. Um, And Jim Dennison made a a point this morning that there's there's basically uh, three categories of things we do in life. There's biblical things, there's non-biblical things, and then there's unbiblical things. And so whether you celebrate Halloween or not, um, it can be unbiblical if you have a satanic element to Mm -hmm. it. Even if you don't realize you're doing Mm -hmm. that. Um it's like a guy who went to Kenya years ago and I was over there with a pastor friend of mine and then we saw this westerner get off the plane walking down the streets of Kenya with his briefcase he had a cigarette in his hand and um he goes watch this and i mean within like a, a less than a minute police were on him mm. and they were taking him to the station i said what's going on he goes it's illegal to smoke in downtown Kenya uh and uh, in downtown Nairobi and I go, really? He goes, yeah. I said, but how would he know that? He goes, it doesn't matter. He's in the town. Mm-hmm. You can't claim ignorance. If you come to a city, you, 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 everybody's held to the same standard. What a concept, right? And so when you think about things that we do in life, whether it's something unbiblical, non-biblical, or biblical, um, we we get principles from the scripture. That's what we try to teach here. And usually in this first segment of the program we kind of look at things going on in the world and assess how are we as christians and believers to respond to these events um i don't think going up to somebody who's celebrating halloween and saying you're going to hell for doing this or you're you know you're aiding satan and a little kid's going all i want is candy mm-hmm. you know so you got to think through those things and there's a lot of church alternatives now to those things like trunk or treat and all that, in fact, my daughter becca got to be part of a thing on friday uh North Florida School selected twenty children to go downtown uh to meet the uh, all the broadcasters of the s e c network mm. Tim Tebow was there, and Becca was all dressed up in her gator uniform mm. uh Unfortunately, they got smoked pretty yeah. bad, but anyway, she was there, and they were giving out candy. And everybody was dressed up. I dressed up as a referee, which was kind of funny. Um, It's funny because we were going through line and this one lady went crazy over uh, Tim Tebow. He's such a great guy and has done a lot to put God on display in our community and throughout the world. And uh, so this one lady was like, oh, I got my picture made with Tim. So I said, Lori, you go up, ask him if you can have a big hug. So she went up and gave him a say after he hugged back. I said, "Can I give you a big hug too?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah. So he hugged her. So I pulled my flag out. I was in my referee <laughs> uniform and threw the flag and said, "That is uh, illegal contact." You know, and uh, everybody laughed. So that was kind of funny, but uh, it is Happy uh, Reformation Day. You know, we're grateful that because of the Reformation, we can read and and teach the Scriptures. Because until the Reformation it was illegal for commoners to be able to try to teach scripture. And it there was more to it than that. But, um, I praise God for guys like Luther and Calvin and those guys who stood strong during that time at great cost to them, by the way, too. Yeah. We've kind of missed some of that today, that cost factor, right?
2: Yeah, and, and, uh, unfortunately we'll probably be uh, feeling it here again at least if not us, our our children and stuff, if we don't change course. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, I I absolutely believe where are the Luthers today? You know, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, you know, on this day where most, most people are thinking about candy for their kids and going out and doing that, um, or wearing funny outfits and stuff like people said, where, where's your outfit today? I said, don't you see it's on (laughs) now? I was joking with them, but, uh, it was on October thirty first, fifteen seventeen, when Martin Luther nailed his ninety five thesis to the door of the Wittenberg Chapel, and that really changed the course of our history as believers. Now, God used that in a very significant way, um, and the thing is, when Luther did that, he wasn't thinking about the future. Like he, w- he simply wanted he saw a problem and said, "We can't go on like this." And that's where we need people to be people that will speak up, man. We got a lot of problems with our systems, a lot of problems. Um, and when you go back to that particular time period, one of the biggest things they were doing was selling indulgences. Now, when I was growing up, I never knew anything about that. I just knew reformation happened and now we can read the Bible. But, uh, Basically, an indulgence was a blessing from the Pope. And when the Pope blessed you, that was a big deal. It was like it came from the numero uno Christian guy in the world, as far as the church was concerned, um, which had the promise of reducing or even eliminating your time in purgatory. In other words, let's say you made some bad choices uh, as a believer. Well, if the Pope didn't give you those indulgences and bless you, you're going to be spending a lot of time down in purgatory, which is a place between heaven and hell that you went to if you were making some bad choices post-conversion. So, um, and, you know, even we look back at that and we go, how could they do that? There's people doing a lot worse today, ripping people off. And, um, you know, the indulgences had been part of the Catholic tradition for a long time. I mean, um, but uh, it it came from a group called the Montanists. Have you ever heard of the Montanists by chance? Do you remember them?
0: Mm.
1: They they basically were a fringe group that said there were two types of sin. There's a venial sin and there's a mortal sin. Um, a venial sin didn't put your salvation at risk, but a mortal sin you could actually be booted from the faith. Uh, however. Uh, you had to atone even for the venial sins if you wanted to go straight into heaven. Otherwise you're going to purgatory for a little while. Um, and uh, the Catholic church also taught that suicide leads to damnation mm-hmm. uh, since they considered murder a mortal sin. And you can't atone for that if you're gone. Right. So uh, that, that really was where that spawned out of and uh uh, when Pope Leo uh, came into power, they were low on money. And so some guy goes, some marketing guy goes, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we start uh, praying for people, these things, and getting some money out of it? Um, so anyway, that's kind of was the spark of the Reformation. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. But there's a lot out there that you can read about that and – um you know uh that uh that when jesus said the truth will set you free he meant free forever not free unless you make a mistake in the last 10 minutes of your life hmm. um you know um,
2: and it that, was uh, <clears throat> uh i think you know the biggest thing from that that really angered luther was uh john tetzel selling the indulgences right and i think uh, what uh a coin in the coffer box spring, a soul from purgatory Springs. So not only was it indulgences for yourself, but you could uh, get indulgences for someone who had died yeah. and passed on.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it was all a money-making scheme, right? Mm-hmm. That's how familiar to today mm-hmm. we see those just go on uh, Christian networks and watch some of these guys asking you for seed money, telling you that you got to sow a seed of a thousand dollars and God's going to build your bank account. He's going to put a new car. He's going to pay off your house He's going to do all these things. Um, you know, uh, can God do it? He absolutely can. Uh, will God do it? Uh, not just because you pop some money to a, a
2: particular evangelist. He's not a gumball machine in the No, sky, he's right?
1: not a genie in a bank mm-hmm. in mean, a bottle. I mean, he's not. He is the God of all creation. And um, last I checked, um, he bowed to no one's commands or demands, right? Mm-hmm. He kind of sets the course Mm -hmm. so our job is to try to connect with him to get our hearts in connection with his but uh hey we're going to be looking at acts 18 1 to 11 if you want to go ahead and turn there
2: uh when we come back you're listening to SWAT radio stay tuned we'll be back with more after
0: the break if you'd like to contact SWAT radio the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928
2: There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame, there is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we were talking in the first segment a little bit about uh, Halloween and Reformation Day and just the history of if you are a Protestant, um, the church and its uh, reforming and. That's what we were talking about and getting into, uh, indulgences and stuff like that. And we're going to be getting into acts today, but,
1: um, yeah. And we do want to say parents, if you're out there with your kids, be careful. I mean, watch out for people. Uh, I've noticed lately that, uh, people are driving extremely fast <laughs> and not paying attention. And so if you're driving, be careful. Watch out for little kids in the neighborhoods where you are, um, because that, that would just be a terrible Mm. way to, to to finish your day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, be careful when you're out there. And, uh, if you're a believer, when people say happy Halloween, say happy reformation day, maybe (laughs) they'll ask you what that means. So anyway, Hey, uh, we are in acts 18, uh, Believe it or not, edging closer (laughs) toward the end, maybe by 2023, 2024 (laughs) is in, we'll get there. Uh, But it's really, really a great chapter about God moving through his servant, Saul or Paul. And, um, you know, Corinth, when you think about Corinth, Taylor, I know you went to a Bible college, I know you have a. Uh, uh, an understanding of the scriptures cause you've read it and probably been taught it. But when you think of Corinth, what pops into your mind,
2: uh, immorality and, uh, you know, um, uh, the God, the, the gods, quote unquote, you know, the pagan gods and yeah. temples and stuff like that.
1: And when you think of Las Vegas, what pops into your mind? The <laughs> same thing. Yeah. I remember I used to work with an NBA sports agent. Uh, When I lived in Houston, I was a life coach for his players. And, um, you know, I would travel with him to some of the NBA games. And, uh, you know, when you're in that arena, um, a lot of athletes flaunt their money. A Mm -hmm. lot of athletes spend their money on things that are not wise. Mm -hmm. Women, um, you know, and and, uh, partying, that kind of thing. But when I went out to... Las Vegas to Summer League, which is where they played the NBA Summer League. I'd never been there. It was one of the most uh, dark places for Mm me. Um, It was like when I go to Russia sometimes, I'd go to Russia. It was so dark when you got off the plane, you could feel the oppression out there. It was dark, but it was different. It was just, you know, there were uh, cards and Mm -hmm. advertisement for naked women everywhere or prostitutes Mm -hmm. everywhere. And you know the saying, even on commercials, they're not shy. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. People go out there for parties, and and everybody wants to have a a conference out there because of the access to immorality. Mm -hmm. And when you think of that, that pales in comparison to Corinth. And Paul, if you remember what happened over in Acts chapter 17, Paul was leaving Athens which was the kind of the religious center of the universe um, with all the stuff that happened at the Areopagus on Mars Hill there. And he, he was by himself. He had come to Athens by himself. He had left Silas and Timothy over in, uh, um, over in Macedonia, specifically in Thessalonica and, um, and uh, Berea. And he was by himself, and he had been persecuted in every city he had gone to and pretty much run out of town. And he he left Silas and Timothy to go do the discipleship follow-up in Thessalonica. And as he walked into Athens, he was provoked in spirit as he looked at all the idols. And we talked about how... He uh, was discerning bridges, and he he reached out to him. He went right to the synagogue. He was so provoked. Then he went to the marketplace, the agora, and then he went. Uh, they took him to Mars Hill, where he actually defended the faith beautifully. So much so that Dionysius the Areopagite converted, and another lady, a lady there named Demaris. And so, when he leaves there and goes to Corinth, he goes into Corinth feeling. Deflated, I think. In fact, what we'll read in just a second, but I want to go back to Corinth and what Paul, when he wrote them said about Corinth itself. In fact, read first Corinthians five, one, maybe five, one and two for sure. Five, one, uh, where Paul is actually describing, he's addressing one of the issues. This is with believers, by the way, this is not talking to pagans. He wrote to believers there. And listen to what he says about Corinth.
2: One and two?
1: One and two. All right.
2: It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you.
1: Yeah. So Paul's writing to believers, and he says, you guys are practicing an immorality that is not even practiced among pagans. Mm. And so the church was being heavily influenced by the culture in a negative way. Do you see that happening in our culture today? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it does. Go to 1 Corinthians 6 and read 9 through 11. All right. Sorry. That's all right. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11.
2: All right. Take me a while, man, you know. That's okay. Getting old. All right. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God.
1: So, he just lays out a laundry list of vices there: homosexuality, adultery, greed, theft. And he says, "You know, this is who you were, but you're not that way anymore." That Corinth was a sewage pit, really. It it uh, it was made up of 250,000 free men and 400,000 slaves. And by the way, in their culture, uh, the owners would. Sexually abuse the slaves a lot of times, mm. and so you have Paul going from a city of ten thousand now to affect a city of over half a million, and he's by himself. Uh, he he goes in there by himself, discouraged. They had a thousand temple prostitutes in there waiting for him. Soon as he, there were two ports, by the way, in uh, in uh, Corinth, and the ports. Just like any port is a place where prostitutes would hang out. They would try to recruit the guys coming Mm. off the ship. Why? Because they've been out at sea and Mm. they want to take advantage of them. They get them when they're just ready to go uh, ashore and fill their oats, whatever. And so the sexual promiscuity was so bad in Corinth that they actually had a term to Corinthianize. Mm. And if you said that person has been Corinthianized, it meant they practiced immorality. And so that, that's what it was known for. It was a tough place. Read 1 Corinthians 2, 3, chapter 2, verse 3. And as you read this, this will give you an insight into Paul's mindset as he went there.
2: All right. Verse 3. 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. In weakness
1: and in fear and in much trembling. So... Why was he afraid? Well, he had been kicked out of every other city. He's by himself. Um, do you know, I know you've gone through football training. I went through Marine training, and I played football in high school. And I can remember there's just some times, like, about the, I think the hardest part uh, for me during the season was about the midway point mm-hmm. where you're just tired of the practices. Mm-hmm. You're tired of going out there and going through the drudgery. And I imagine this was Paul's second missionary journey. He'd already gone once. been memory got stoned in Lystra, came back. Now he's out again. Again, he's getting run out of towns, and he's by himself. They're like, Paul, you need to go on so that we can try to do some ministry here. And so he goes through Athens, and now he comes into Corinth. And as he's in Corinth, what we see in this passage is, today, verses 1 through 11, is God's encouragement to Paul. In other words, God is Paul's bridge over troubled waters. You know, I love that imagery of a bridge over waters that are going to be hard. And so God encourages Paul and you and me through these principles that we're going to see today in the text, four of them, through divine appointments in our life, through divine affirmations in our life, through divine alternatives in our life, and through his divine authority. So four principles that basically construct a bridge of encouragement over troubled waters that we have to walk through as his children. And the first one is a divine appointment. A divine appointment is when you are just going about your day and God brings somebody into your path, and you intersect in such a way that it produces some kind of meaningful ministry friendship that produces fruit longer than just that moment. And so, or it could be just for that moment that you meet, but it produces fruit that continues to reproduce. And it's a divine appointment. God brought it together. That's the one we're going to look at today uh, in verses one through four. Uh, then in uh, verses five and six, we're going to see divine affirmations god brings affirmation into paul's life to say paul you're not wasting your time you're not washed up i know it's hard but look at what has happened and he's going to give him a report in verses five and six from what's going on in thessalonica and there and he's going to bring him some support and those are two great affirmation god uses in our life the third we see divine alternatives in verses seven and eight where sometimes you're going along following God's plan and you think, man, I've hit a wall. And God says, no, you were never meant to keep going in that direction. I just brought you there so you can then pivot and go this direction. So it's a divine alternative that God had in mind from the beginning. And we're going to see that. And then finally, in verses 9 through 11, we're going to see his divine authority demonstrated when God says, Hey, I'm in control. You don't have to worry about these people here. I got this. I got your back. I'm you're with me. And that's a great feeling. And we're going to look at all four of those over this week, but specifically
2: today, divine appointments. All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway 2 Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at doug at swatradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at swatradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: For finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make you out alone Without your help But I know i never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me.
2: Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Austin French with Freedom Hymn. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 11 this week. Today we'll be focusing on verses 1 through 4, talking about Paul in Corinth. Before the news break, we were talking a little bit about what Corinth was like at the time and just the amount of immorality that was being perpetrated there. Um and just kind of setting the scene. A lot like
1: it. the US in it, Taylor. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean,
1: really, when you stop and think about it, it really is a lot like uh, not just Vegas, but even the US in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um anyway, uh why don't you read verses one through four uh from God's Word and we will and we'll just talk about um uh, what happened there.
2: Okay. All right. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth and he found a Jew named Aquila. a native of of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. Mm -hmm. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks.
1: Um, May God bless the reading of his word. You know, it says Paul left Athens And, uh, he was going into this very tough city to go plant a church in. I mean, it's like going to LA or Vegas or, you know, a a place that is known for its, you know, uh, really immorality. I mean, that's why I think of Vegas. I mean, Vegas Mm -hmm. has some nice parts too, but I'm just saying the strip, when you think about that, um, did you ever feel like quitting in football i mean like when you were in the middle of a season or
2: Mm, no i always wanted to you know there was times i was like i'm ready for this season to be over but never i was always like well you know what my first season playing i wanted to quit because i and my dad was like you know quit you know men don't quit things. yeah you don't
1: don't quit right uh you know i uh I remember being in the eighth grade playing football on a junior high team. And, (laughs) um, I remember, uh, I got in a fight with a kid on the sideline one Mm. day at practice. We (laughs) were just arguing and we got started pushing, you know, the, you know, what a junior high fight you're pushing each other. Right. So the coach grabbed us and he, he, he had determined he was going to run us off Mm. and we had to do devil dips up and down the field and I wanted to quit. Uh, but I didn't, um, the other guy wanted to quit. I, I, I don't remember if he did. I just remember I wasn't going to quit and he wanted to make us quit. Mm. When I got in the Marine Corps, they want you to want to quit, but we can't as believers. We got to keep going on and fighting through. That's what Paul does. Paul had this spirit that you read in first Corinthians two If he was, he was, you know, he was weak. He was feeling weak in spirit. He was feeling beat down. And and so God brought divine uh, encouragement through a divine appointment. And that means uh, he brought encouragement from someone he brought alongside Paul. And notice what it says in verse 2. It says, Paul found. He found a Jew named Aquila. So what is when, when you read that in the scripture and it says, and he found, what does that imply? He was looking. Yeah. Far too often as men, mm-hmm. we don't look for help. Mm-hmm. We just try to, uh, to use one of my friend's words, bulldoze our way through. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this. we just got to buckle up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You got to do it. And God did not create us for that. He created us. To be together he created us to come alongside each other Mm -hmm. and that's what he's saying here that you know he brought aquila and priscilla just coincidentally right Mm -hmm. along paul's path no there's nothing coincidental about it and notice the timing where did they come from they came from rome claudius had sent everybody out why because apparently there was issues between the christian jews and the non-christian jews in rome that was creating problems and he just sent everybody out he sent them all out and where did he send priscilla and aquila to corinth which was a major city This is, uh, corinth was a major city in the roman empire had two big harbors there and it was a, a, along a trade route which is where a lot of times if you have a a trade route that goes along you get a lot of vices on those places because it gets a lot of different people coming in A lot of money. A lot of money, that's right. But Aquila and Priscilla, also known as Prisca in the scriptures, had the same trade. They had the same philosophy of life, the same purpose. Uh, They came and it says Paul found them uh, and he said, when it, it says he went to see them. So when he found them, it doesn't mean that he was looking specifically by name for them. He was just looking generically Mm -hmm. for somebody so he didn't have to go into Corinth and be the lone believer there. I think sometimes we feel like we're the lone believer out there and we don't look for people. We just complain, God, how come nobody else is here? I'm, I'm the only Christian at this company. I'm the only Christian in this place. Instead of saying, God, show me your people here, bring them into my life. And he brought Aquila and Priscilla there, and they're like, uh, what do you do? Well, we're tent makers. Uh, I'm a tent maker. Wow. And you know what? My money's drying up a little bit here. Maybe we could make some tents together. And that's what they did. Paul was working during the week with Priscilla and Aquila making tents. Do you think they were having uh, biblical conversations while they made the tents? Of course they were. Could you imagine Paul not having a Mm -hmm. biblical conversation? And so— Uh, By the way, rabbis were required to learn a trade because uh, Paul voluntarily renounced the right to get any money from those he taught, unlike the Greeks who would basically demand money for their wisdom. And he also did it not to be a burden to the churches. And so he says in 1 Corinthians 9, he didn't want to charge for the gospel. He wanted to offer it free of charge. And so he met them. And through this divine appointment, he was encouraged. And he says in verse 4, Luke says, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. So, you know, he was six days of the week with Priscilla and Aquila. And then on a Sabbath, he'd go into the uh, synagogue and reason with the Jews. Why? Because that was his mission. His mission was not to be the best tent maker ever
2: hmm.
1: and build a big tent making business, the tent making was a way for him to provide for himself and a lot of people in our world think that uh, their job is to build a big fortune so then someday they can do ministry mm-hmm. they ought to be doing the ministry where they're at the way god has placed them wherever he's placed them right now and that's what they were doing well i was thinking about my own life and my story as this as i look at this And I remember being in uh, Houston, Texas, and I moved from Jacksonville to Houston in 1999. And when I moved out there, I went out there to start a ministry with a guy. um, And we were going to start this parachurch ministry that would uh, come alongside churches in in the area of evangelism and discipleship. But when I got there, he said, "Uh, I've changed my mind (laughs) after I moved my whole family out there. And he said, I'm going to go with this other organization because they're going to pay me a salary And it's faith-based, but there's, you know, salary. And I I don't know about the whole support thing. And I'm like, well, that's great for you, but (laughs) not great for me. Now what am I doing? And fortunately, God brought two people into my life. One was a pastor at the church where we were who said, hey, why don't you come on staff and um, why don't you come on staff and be like a part-time staff evangelist, men's guy, missions guy, whatever. And so I did that. Uh, And, And as I was sitting in the office one day through that divine appointment and provision, um, I, God kind of gave me the vision for his light ministries, which was, um, I was thinking about Matthew five, where he says you are the light of the world, but over in John, he says, I'm the light of the world. And so it was his light through his apostles. Mm -hmm. And so we are to be about his light shining through us. It's not our light. It's his light. And, so that's how the name His Light got started, and Matthew four sixteen is the kind of the theme. And so I was coming not too long after that, walking through the church foyer, and I see a guy who is uh, I've never seen before, and uh, he said, "Hey, um, I'm so and so," and I said, "Well, hey, I'm Doug McCary. Nice to meet you." And we after the introductions. I was telling him, you know, a friend of mine just gave me a buddy pass on Delta Airlines to go somewhere, but I'm not sure what I'm doing now. Kind of started telling the story. He goes, well, I'm going to the Arctic Circle in a couple of months. You want to go?
2: Hmm.
1: And I'm going, well, what are you going to do? We're going to be sharing the gospel with Eskimos up there. I'm going, that sounds awesome. Um, Let me pray about it. Uh, Lord, do Eskimos in uh, Russian tundra need to hear the gospel? Of course they do. That was an easy prayer. And so... Uh, I went up there with him, and it was another divine appointment that led to several other divine appointments over there. Ended up taking uh, a guy up to that area named Rich Griffith, who was a tight end for the Jaguars for a long time, Mm -hmm. and God used that trip. So that one appointment encouraged me, but it also produced other divine appointments, and it was this multiplicative process which really is is right? Like Second Timothy two two in action, right? Find faithful men who will train others to train others, and so. But God started with these divine appointments, and I want to go back to the key word that I said earlier. Oh, found. He found, which means he was looking. Are we looking? Are we looking for those divine appointments? Are we discouraged? You know, I hope that if you're listening today out there, and you're discouraged right now, it can be about anything that you won't just wallow in your discouragement, but instead you would be looking for divine appointments. God, who have you brought around me? And somebody comes around you and they try to encourage you. Don't just blow them off. See them as God's extension. He's saying, you know what? I love you. I care for you. I'm bringing somebody into your life and I'm trying to communicate to you that I'm with you. Uh, And so often we're so consumed with our own discouragement, we don't even notice God's encouragement through divine appointments. So that's really what verses one through four is about. And uh, uh, Paul was very encouraged. They became lifelong friends.
2: All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER and WMOX. Uh, You're listening to SWAT Radio.
0: Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT radio pass on the truth for the next generation. at www.astore.com.
2: Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 18 verses 1 through 11 this week and today we're looking at verses 1 through 4. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions about what we've talked about so far, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT or you can email us at ask at SWATRADIO.com. That's ask-a-s-k A-S-K, at swatradio com you know i want to go
1: back to this idea of paul supporting himself through being a tent maker one of the reasons that was so important is in corinth there were a lot of philosophers and teachers that pretty much would prey on ignorant and superstitious population there mm-hmm. who wanted to be trained and and cover everything and they would take advantage and the best example i could think for you taylor that you might really get is it's kind of like there's a lot of, quote, superstar trainers out there for athletes who are in high school, junior high, elementary, promising you they're going to make your kid an mm-hmm. NFL player or Major League Baseball player, NBA player. And parents are so wanting their kid to be that guy that they'll pay outrageous money for this guy to train them, and they're just taking advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And they may work with the guy, but I know a guy who had all the skills and nobody can guarantee your kid's going to be in the league. I don't yep. care who they are in any league, NBA, Major League Baseball, football. There's one being that is sovereign over every aspect of that, and his, his name is Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of my uh, good friends up in uh, North Carolina, I'm sorry, uh, in um, Tennessee, is a guy named Atley Hammerker. Atley pitched for the Giants of San Francisco for like 17 years. He didn't even really start playing baseball till his senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. He went to college on a basketball scholarship, and they convinced him to come out and play baseball uh, at college. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even going to do it, but he went out and did it and then ends up pitching for 17 years in the major leagues. Why? Because that's where God wanted him. And, you know, So when you think about your life or your kid's life or whatever, don't get uh, huckstered into that. And Paul wanted to make sure, hey, this is not about me gaining off of you. And to show you that, I'm going to go work. I'm going to be a tent maker. And that's what he did. And uh, by God's providence, he met Priscilla and Aquila. And still, Luke throws in the fact that uh, every – uh, Sabbath, he went where to the synagogue to reason with the Jews. But as he was tent making, what was he doing? He was building into to Priscilla and Aquila. And you know what happens with the Priscilla and Aquila later, they end up being the leaders of the church at Ephesus. Mm. So there was a thing going on that was so beyond Paul's discouragement. So often we get this internalized view of us, And God's got He's weaving together this masterpiece out there, and so whatever you're going through out there, whether you're listening by the podcast or whoever, um, you know, just remember God. God is in control. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to um, listen to Him, and He wants you to be a person that puts God on display, and that's what Paul was doing. The reason Paul was being a tent maker was not to make a lot of money. He was being a tent maker because he didn't want to make anybody think he was trying to profit off of the gospel. You know, uh, I I said all Jewish boys were expected to learn a trade. Um, One rabbi said, he who does not teach his son to work teaches him to steal. Mm. And, uh, man, we could use some of that philosophy today. Um, it's, it's, It's really something that um paul exhibited and and i think uh aquila and priscilla saw it you know when you meet new people you're kind of watching them to see what they do how they act and so they both had a good work ethic and it showed together and they ended up being lifelong friends as quote i don't like the term lay ministers but that's that's what a lot of people would refer to them as uh yeah, one, one brother just wrote in, you don't work, you don't eat. And that's right. Yeah. That's right. So um, anyway, um, if you are out there and you've had a divine appointment or maybe you're discouraged and uh, this has encouraged you and you just want to make a comment, feel free to call in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, this is the time of the program where uh, we encourage you to call. I did want to pass along that uh, please keep the Sykes family in your prayers because uh Graham uh, the grandson is uh in Austin Texas for surgery Brad has been out and they were supposed to have surgery this morning but it got delayed because the doctor who was doing it had another surgery and they're going to keep uh him sedated overnight mm. as they go back in tomorrow and try to do the surgery so um that's that was a setback for him that they weren't planning on so just keep them uh, they didn't break his sternum yet, but they did start to open him up, and uh, they had to. He, the doctor had to go to another emergency surgery. Isn't that crazy? Oh, they yeah. would be doing that, but I guess they they have to prioritize, uh-huh. you know, uh, that. And so, just keep them uh, in uh, in prayer. And um, one other thing that I wanted to get out there um, too is the chosen has a theatrical uh, release of season three, episode one and two on November 18th and starting next week or not this week. Cause this is the first week in November. Every week we're going to go away a couple of tickets to that release. Uh, it'll be at 6 45 PM up at the Atlantic Cinemark here in Jacksonville. I'm still working on maybe trying to get some tickets in Meridian or, Virginia Beach um that was a little problem last time I don't know why it took me at all a problem but I'm hoping to include our listeners in Meridian and uh, Virginia as well but uh yeah I'm excited about that it looks to be good you know Lori my wife was part of the feeding of the 5000 cast oh. that went out there she was actually in the film <laughs> with 5000 other people so it's not like you're going to be able to see her I told her you know you're going to be a speck uh but uh they, uh, that will probably be toward the end of the season, um, but it, it was really good. She said to meet all the people, to see the humility that she saw among them and their spirits was really good, and uh, God's really used that. I know Dallas has gotten a lot of flack um, because people have accused him of a lot of different things, but I can honestly say the two times we've had him on the air, he was very biblical – He's very biblical in his worldview. And he said from the very beginning, this is not a Bible. This is a television program. And then we try to use the Bible to shape a lot of what we do, but we fill in the backstory of things that didn't there, we're not trying to say this is the way it was. We're saying this way it could have been just to give you an idea of Jewish culture of, of, you know, the time period. And it's done a really good job of that as somebody who's, traveled back and forth to israel quite a bit to learn the culture uh i think they've done a really good job so if you haven't seen the chosen uh go ahead and watch season one season two you can watch it for free on the app go to the app store and get it you can go to youtube and watch it too um so have you seen it
2: uh no i've seen the first uh season
1: oh you did yeah the second one's good yeah yeah so um yeah, it, it's it, it's good in the sense that it. I think it displays the humanity mm-hmm. of Jesus in ways that we don't think about. Not just Jesus, but even the apostles. For instance, Peter's a gambler. Yeah, I mean, Matthew's autistic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When people go, well, he wasn't autistic. Well, how do you know? It could have been. You know, uh, you know people. Um, People like to binge watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's a good conversation starter. I've had multiple conversations that have started when I've asked people if they've heard of it. And I talk about Jesus and the fact that um, he he is in the film. They present him as very Jewish looking, mm-hmm. uh, that that area of the world, you know, that ethnic look mm-hmm. Uh, which is very different from a lot of European looks that we've seen in the past. You know, <laughs> uh, some of them, Jesus it looks Aryan, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> almost, you know. so, uh, But he's not. He's from the Middle East. And so uh, that's the chosen. And uh, I, it, it is very encouraging to watch it. I know that a lot of people have been excited to go to the Word to check out what was happening on the screen mm-hmm. to see what the scriptures actually said and they find that it's pretty accurate biblically in a lot of ways you know some of the things Jesus says some of the things the the disciples say are things now he has to for time conflate some miracles you know put them together in closer proximity maybe than they were just because <clears throat> it's, a, it's a series and and you don't you know I mean, the Bible says itself. If everything that happened was written, then the world couldn't contain all the books. So, I hope you'll see it, and uh, I think it's something uh, worth spending a little time to at least watch, watch a couple of seasons. So,
2: yeah, make sure you uh, stay tuned in as well as um, we giving away some tickets to next that. week. Uh, or This week, actually, 1st. Uh,
1: Wednesday. Yeah, we'll do okay. it Wednesday. Yeah.
2: So make sure you
1: every Wednesday till the eighteenth. It's on the eighteenth. Very so, cool. yep. So it'll, it'll be on Friday, the 18th. So on the first, uh, not the eighth, I'll be gone on the eighth, <laughs> but, uh, on the 15th and on the 22nd, oh, I'm sorry. No, the 15th. So the first and the 15th. Wow. So, uh, I won't give any tickets away when I'm out of town, but I'll give some away tomorrow or Wednesday and then, uh, on the 18th. Okay. <clears throat> Wait,
2: so tomorrow's the first. Yeah, it'll be the 2nd. I'm okay, sorry, okay, the
1: 2nd. Okay. So it'll be the 2nd uh, not the, that, and then the 16th. Okay. So it'll be the 2nd and the 16th we'll be giving away tickets to The Chosen
2: alright All right. so make sure you are tuning in that is all the time we have for today you've been listening to SWAT radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT radio and you can also download our SWAT app in the app store join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more we will see you then, thanks for tuning in hope you have a great day